You're listening to a rebroadcast of a live walk talk from Instagram. Love it, love it, love it. All right. So let's go ahead and get into today's walk talk. This one won't be as long. I'm going to try to cut this short because honestly, I have morning. I've got some things I got to get done today. And I don't have a whole lot of time to get on here, but I did want to jump on real quick and talk about the rapture. The rapture, oh my God. Before I start talking about the rapture though, I want to introduce myself. If you're new to my ministry, my name's Matt McMillan. I'm a Christian author. I've written seven books. All of my books are available on Amazon in paperback and Kindle. Check them out if you get some time. If the things I post, the videos I make, the stuff I write, it's intriguing to you and you want to go deeper. My books give you so much information. You're not going to know what to do with it, but you can consume it in bite size increments. There's a lot to unlearn and my books will help you unlearn error so that you can learn more about Jesus because Jesus said the truth will set you free. So if you are struggling, it's because you're receiving a lot of error, a lot of error, a lot of error. So the opposite of error is the truth. Who's the truth? Jesus. Jesus is the truth. So the more we talk about Jesus, the more we focus on Jesus, the more we recenter onto Jesus, the more we can enjoy our freedom. That's what my books are about. That's what my ministry is about. It's about Jesus. If we can build up confidence in Jesus, we can build up confident confidence in who we are as children of God. We can get the most out of this life. We can enjoy the abundant life that Christ died to give us. Now, um, I also like to tell you I'm not a pastor. I'm a regular person, just like you. The pastoral gift has been elevated so high. People, they, they ignore Jesus. They say you have to be so studied, so this, so that, and they have forgotten about their first love, Jesus. Nothing against pastors, that is a gift, but the word pastor is only used one time in scripture. I love pastors. But what our modern church have turned the pastoral position into, it's not in scripture. You know, we look at the quote, heavy on the air quotes, pastoral letters, Titus, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and we like to call those the pastoral letters. The word pastor is not in none of those books. All three of those letters, the word pastor is not there. Now, were they pastors? Possibly. Being a pastor is simply a shepherding gift. It is a gift that you know how to oversee or take care of a group. But that doesn't mean your position is higher than the group. That doesn't mean that you know more than the group. That doesn't mean that we look to the pastor more than we look to the Holy Spirit who is within all of us. We're all equal. We're all one body. We all know what we need to know because God's laws, not law, laws has been written on our hearts and minds. So I'm just like you. I'm a regular person. I'm a business owner. I'm married. Um, <laughs> I live a small town life. You know, I'm just a regular person. Just like you, more than likely. And if you're a pastor, you're a regular person too. You might have been lied to about what the truth is of your position, but that's okay. 
You know, I've got lots of friends who are pastors and they're, they're also beginning to understand this error of my position is holier than others. They're not. You don't have to be accountable to any individual person in any church. Christ was already fully accountable for you on the cross to the point of death. Okay. Now let's get to today's walk talk. Today's walk talk is about the rapture. Normally, if I do a walk talk, it is because I'm really hearing or reading or getting a lot of feedback on a particular topic. Recently, it's been the rapture. And the rapture was something that I didn't even feel comfortable enough writing about in my first seven books. But my next book, I'll definitely write about it in great detail because I understand the truth about the rapture. Now, here's the thing. If you don't agree with me, that's fine. We can still be friends. We can still interact with each other. We can still get along. We can agree to disagree. You, we don't have to die on certain hills unless it's about Jesus. Okay? So if you disagree with me, okay. Okay. If you send me a long message and it's rude, if it's hateful, if it's sarcastic, if it's threatening, don't expect any response. I delete those messages without responding. I delete those comments. And if that person continues, I block them. I have no room for that in my life. There's way too many people out there who are looking for help and I don't have time to interact with hateful people. So if you do disagree with me, you might as well keep it to yourself or unfollow me. It's that simple. So, but I still like you. We don't have to we don't have to agree with this. We don't have to agree with lots of different details, but let's agree about Jesus. Jesus is who matters. Jesus is the hill we will die on, okay? As far as our theology is concerned. So let's talk about the rapture. When I was a kid, <laughs> there was this book series, which was then turned into a movie series, and it scared the bejesus out of me. You all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> what is it? The Left Behind series. Now, the Left Behind series was very popular. It was very, very popular. Lots of people read it. The books made lots of money. The theaters made lots of money. The movie studios made lots of money. But just because something is popular doesn't mean it's true. I'm going to pause there for a minute. Just because something is extremely popular doesn't mean it's true. When the gospel first began, Jesus ascended. Everybody went out. <laughs> well, everybody did not go out. The only one who went out was Paul. The rest of the apostles... They stayed in Jerusalem until Rome invaded. And I'm going to get to that. That's part of this walk talk. They were scared. They were scared to stand on the truth. They were scared of the gospel. Why? Because Judaism was the most popular. Judaism. Okay? Just because something is popular does not mean it's true. Now, Judaism was true. It is true. But they leave out Jesus. They're still looking for 
Good morning. The Messiah. Hi. They wail at a wall. They beg God to hurry up. And they're still waiting on the Messiah. So Judaism is not error. But being stuck in the old covenant of Judaism is. Because that was a shadow. That was the ultrasound. Everything about the Old Testament is right and true. But we have to look at, in, look at it in context. Because all of that was foreshadowing the cross. They don't see the cross. They ignore it. They're still looking at Moses. They're still looking at all of the Old Testament patriarchs. Jesus is not enough for them. They, wail, they all gather and wail at an old wall. Sticking notes in the wall. <laughs> Come on. If that's not idolatry, I don't know what is. Do you see it? Christ is here. So, let me switch hands here. So, when we read the Old Testament, we want to look at it like an ultrasound. It is an ultrasound. If Jennifer was pregnant with Grace again, she wasn't born. And we're waiting on this awesome person to get here. And we're looking at the ultrasound every day. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. She's going to be so great. Then Grace is born. Imagine if in the delivery room, the doctor attempted to hand me the baby, hand me Grace, my daughter. And I said, oh, I'm good. I got this ultrasound. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit over here and look at this ultrasound. No, it would make no sense. The baby's been born. The Old Testament is the ultrasound. It's perfect, right, and true for the time. The baby is here. It's Jesus. Jesus is here. But that message back then was extremely popular. And all of the original apostles were scared. The only one who would actually go out and preach this to non-Jews? Who was it? Paul. Formerly Saul. So when we see something that's extremely popular, we don't want to take it as truth. We want to run it through the truth of the gospel. So when we see the Left Behind series, it's extremely popular, but it's not true. So if we look at the word rapture, the word rapture is not in the Bible. I'm not saying a rapture won't happen. Will we be raptured? Yes, we'll be raptured. So we'll be caught up into the sky. We'll be taken away with Jesus. The rapture will happen. It will happen. A rapture will happen if you are still here. Those who have already died before us who are in Christ, they will appear with Jesus at the sound of a trumpet. That will be the rapture. Okay? However, we are modern church. The, the popular version, not everybody, the popular version of the rapture because of the book series is not true. Nobody gets left behind. Where are we getting this idea from? Where? It began in the mid-1800s by a pastor with the last name Darby. He came up with this theology. And then there was an academy that taught his theology. So this theology of those who have done enough get raptured up and those who haven't done enough get left behind is error this theology was created by a pastor in the 1800s google it research it 
I'm not going to disrespect the guy. I'm not even going to use his full name because I don't want to give him much attention. But just go look it up. And I, I'm not one for calling people out. But go look it up. He came up with the theology of people being caught up and others left behind. So he looked at 1 Thessalonians 4. Then he mixed it with Matthew 24. Then he mixed it with Luke 21. What do we do when we mix a bunch of stuff together and create error? <laughs> bondage. And that's what has happened to our modern body of believers. We have got this bondage in our mind that somehow we're not doing enough. We're lukewarm and we're going to get left behind. We're not going to hear the trumpet. We're going to be driving down the road. People are going to wreck or we're going to be sitting at work and a pile of clothes is going to be laying next to us. And Jesus is uh, then going to make us go through a bunch of difficult stuff. And we really got to prove ourselves in because after the rapture, grace is no more. You got to really prove yourself. It's grace from the beginning to the end. This is why Paul told the Colossians in the same way you were saved. Now walk in it. So if we are imagining punishment, if we are imagining any type of fear, it is because we are ignoring the good news of God's grace. We are ignoring the gospel. So let's refocus. So let's look at these passages. Let's just break it down. Let me switch hands here again. If, you, if you're new to my ministry and you see, you see the phone go down and then switch over, it's because I'm switching hands, holding my phone up in front of my face here. Uh, which is kind of weird when people are driving by, but I think they're used to it by now. I've been doing these walk talks for, I don't know, four, five, six months. And um, I, I think my neighborhood is used to me walking around, staring at my phone and talking. All right, so let's look at um, let's look at 1 Thessalonians 4. This is where we see Jesus coming at the sound of a trumpet and... Those who are dead in Christ will rise first. Now, here's the thing. Some people think that it is people who are literally coming up out of the graves. I don't see it that way. Those who are dead in Christ are those who have already died as believers. Why is that? Why will they be coming with him? Why will they rise first? It's because they've already died and already rose into heaven. Okay? So, it's really that simple. We're not going to be standing around looking looking at the ground, waiting on people to come up out of the graves. Some Christians aren't buried. Some Christians are blown up in war. Some Christians are eaten by animals. Some Christians are obliterated by a bomb and a terrorist attack. So, the those who are dead are those who have already believed. Those who are coming with Jesus. They're already with him anyway. Make sense? So he will come back. He will come back. And those who have already died as a human being with the heartbeat and have believed for salvation, they're going to return with him. The dead will rise first. It's so simple. Okay, then let's go look at Matthew 24 and Luke 21. Now I'm going to keep this super simple. Super simple. The simpler, the better is what I find. Matthew 24, Luke 21 have nothing to do with a rapture. They have nothing to do with Jesus coming back, leaving one person, taking the other. 
This is about Rome's invasion on Jerusalem. Jesus is prophesying to his followers. When you see this stuff start to happen, Rome is getting ready to invade and kill a million of you. In AD 70, Rome invaded. Over a million Jews were killed. Jesus is telling them how to survive. He's telling them what to look out for. When you see this stuff happening, run, head for the hills. If you get caught in Jerusalem, this is what you will have to do to stay alive. How simple. But the pastor from the 1800s twisted this into making people scared out of their wits that Jesus is going to take one and leave the other. Not true. When Jesus comes back, he is going to separate the sheep from the goats, believers from unbelievers. There's no hybrid animal. There's no mixture. It is Christian, not Christian. Believer, not believer. We aren't doing anything to keep ourselves saved. We aren't doing anything to stand firm. Jesus says, you might die physically, but, phys but you will get a new resurrected body, but spiritually you will live. Don't be afraid of what somebody could do to your body. You're going to be remade. You're a new creation. You don't have to be, be strong for the Lord. We are never told to be strong for the Lord. We find our strength in him. It is the strength of the Lord. It's not your strength. Friend, you're not doing anything to keep yourself saved. And if you think you are, and I'm not saying you're not saved, rethink about your salvation. Starts with grace, continues with grace, ends with grace. In heaven, it explodes with grace. Grace doesn't end at heaven. Some people want to say we're doing a bunch of stuff here and it's all based on grace, but we're doing a bunch of stuff to earn rewards. The word rewards is not in scripture, plural. The reward is the reward of the inheritance. Grace doesn't end when you die. It, it gets bigger. I'm not doing a bunch of stuff to earn more stuff when I die. Christ is our reward. We have our reward in full. That's grace. Christ in you now, in the future, forever. Okay? I'm not trying to disrespect you. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just saying, consider this. Consider Matthew chapter 24 as Jesus warning them about Rome's invasion on Jerusalem. The desecration and the desolation, that passage in the temple, Rome set up shop in the temple. Put up their own logo. It's Rome. All the bad stuff happening in Matthew 24, it's Rome. <laughs> this has nothing to do with what you are doing. This has nothing to do with the gospel. 
This is Jesus warning them. This is not about a rapture. Okay? When Jesus comes back, he's going to separate the sheep from the goat. He's going to judge everybody based on what they have done if they haven't believed. You will be judged based on what you have done if you haven't believed. Guess what your judgment's going to be? <laughs> Those who have believed will be judged based on what Christ has done. Unbelievers will stand and give an account. Believers will stand and give an account. Unbelievers are the goats. It's going to be bad. Believers are the sheep. It's going to be good. And you are not judged according to what you have accomplished or what you have done. That negates grace. <laughs> you come back around to it. You're going to be judged by what Christ has done. Not you. Deal with it. Deal with it. If you're a type A personality like me, and you think you can outwork other people by doing more stuff, like me, this is hard to hear. But then it's really good, good to hear because you can rest, you can breathe, you can be yourself, you can stop stressing out about doing stuff because you know you've already been judged according to what Christ has done at the cross. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Sheep from the goats, believer from unbeliever. The wrath of God over the sin of the world has been satisfied 100%. Two different types of wrath in scripture. The wrath of God over the sin of the world, which was satisfied at the cross. Now the second wrath is coming. That's not for you. That's not for a Christian. That's for this planet, this physical planet. A good way to describe this would be you are a child of God or let's just say you have children and they're in a bad neighborhood. You don't hate your children for being in the bad neighborhood. You don't destroy your children for being in the bad neighborhood. You want better for them. So you create a new neighborhood, so to speak. That's what God's going to do with planet earth. He's going to create a new physical planet. Okay. All right, so I hope this has encouraged you guys today. I hope it has brought you some peace of mind. If you want to go deeper into um, the truth about the rapture or even post, mid, pre, trib, all of that charts, diagrams, BS stuff. I shouldn't call it BS stuff. So I apologize about that. It's not BS stuff. It's interesting to a lot of people, but that's my attitude about it because more people are focused on being petrified of the second coming of Christ than they are actually expressing their righteous new nature. They're more fearful. They're more fearful of not hearing the trumpet than they are of loving others as God has loved them. We got to shift our focus away from being fearful and we got to be confident in what Jesus has done. We got to be confident in what he has done for us and to us, who you are as a new creation. So, but if you want to go deeper into um, 
the history of AD 70 from a new covenant perspective, my friend, and I read this book years ago and I didn't completely agree with it at first until I did my own research. That's why I didn't really talk about it much. But my friend, Paul Ellis, wrote a book and it's called AD 70, AD 70. He actually does not even make a stance. He simply presents the stance of both sides from a new covenant perspective. So, so if you want to go deeper into this topic, pick up the book, AD 70 by Paul Ellis. Didn't even think of him until just right now, but he has, he, he's a professor in the way he teaches. I'm more layman's. But I like to study anything New Covenant. And Paul Ellis understands the New Covenant. He also has a website called Escape to Reality. Check him out. He has some really good deep stuff. Real good deep New Covenant teaching. We got to recenter on the New Covenant. And there are a handful of New Covenant teachers who I will promote. Paul Ellis is one of them. Read Paul Ellis's books. And again, he's a friend of mine. This walk talk is not based on Paul Ellis. This walk talk is based on my opinion. I read lots of stuff. I don't agree with everything I read. I watch lots of stuff. I don't agree with everything I watch. But um, a lot of the stuff he writes in that book, I looked it up myself, prayed about it, thought about it, went back to scripture. And I have come up with what I believe is the truth about the rapture. And there's nothing to be afraid of. When you see, one other thing I want to I want to talk about, because this might be coming to one of your minds. When you see in Matthew 24, Luke 21, where it says the Son of Man will be coming in the clouds, you might be thinking Jesus is coming to earth. But remember, anytime there's a coming, there's a going. And Jesus said, I go to the Father. So when we see the Son of Man coming in the clouds, that is him ascending. And we see this in the book of Acts. He even said, this generation will still be alive. Was the generation still alive to see him come into the clouds in the book of Acts? Yes. Some of them were there. So that generation was still alive when Jesus came into the clouds and also when Rome invaded Jerusalem, okay? When we see the Son of Man coming with the angels, that means he is coming to earth. Coming in the clouds means he's coming into the clouds. There's a coming, there's a going. Doesn't mean he's coming to earth. Now in 1 Thessalonians 4, he does come in the clouds, but he says he is, it actually says he is ascending, okay? Coming in the clouds, coming with the angels. <laughs> okay. Coming with the clouds, coming with the angels. So there's no fly in the ointment in this. Jesus is prophesying about Rome's invasion on Jerusalem in AD 70. That's the context. Matthew 24, it's not about the rapture. Luke 21, it's not about the rapture. It, that completely goes against the gospel, completely goes against the good news of God's grace. Don't mix that in. Okay. All right, guys. So I hope this has uh, helped you today. Hope it has encouraged you.
always tell the truth about yourself. What's the truth? You don't need to be afraid of any rapture. You're already seated supernaturally with Christ in heaven. You're in Christ. 1 Corinthians 6. Christ is seated in heaven. The book of Ephesians. So if you're in Christ and Christ is in heaven, where are you supernaturally already? Okay. You understand that? So don't be afraid of the rapture. Tell the truth. The rapture will happen. Jesus will come back. He'll judge believer from unbeliever. There's no mixture. If you've believed in him one time in your life, by grace, you're saved. You can sit on that and you can... There's, there's no fine print. There's fine print in everything else except for the gospel. So that's the truth. What else is the truth? You're righteous. You're righteous. One of the most important things you can ever know about yourself as a child of God is your righteousness. When you know you're righteous, you will live righteously. So when you make mistakes, you understand that's not for you. So you mature, you learn, you grow. You're not a sinner. If you were a sinner, what should you be doing? Sinning. It would only make sense. It'd be natural. But you're not a sinner. You're righteous. You're holy. You're blameless. You're a new creation. You're a child of God. You're set apart from the world, sin, and death. When Jesus comes back, it's going to be a spectacular event for you. Hebrews chapter 9 says, He will return without reference to your sin. How cool is that? All right, guys. So I hope you have a great day today. Hope you have a great weekend. We'll see you next time. I will have this on my IGTV link. So if you want to go back and watch it again, I will go to my Instagram profile, go over to the IGTV link. It'll be there with the rest of my walk talks if you want to refer to in the future. All right. Love y'all. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this walk talk. Please be sure to rate and review this podcast and share it with others. Subscribe right now so you don't miss out on any new content. To be encouraged daily, you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. If you want even more information on my ministry or to check out my books, go to www.mattmcmillan.com.